with me in your word to Matthew chapter 7, please. We are in a series on holiness, and we're looking at it from the aspect of a consumer or producer. Consumer or producer, last week we saw what a consumer is. That's a flesh life. That's a self-centered life. And what God wants to do is cause us to be producers, not consumers. We grew up in a culture that taught us all how to be consumers. And we've brought it into the church. We were born to be producers. God created us to produce. But immediately Adam and Eve went into consuming mode. And they consumed what they shouldn't. And then they've been locked in a a life of consuming to feed self so that to sustain us in death, but Christ came to give us life so that we would produce life, we would bring life. And it reminds me of the story of Jesus as he's walking to Jerusalem. He sees a fig tree and he's stopping before he gets into Jerusalem and as he sees this fig tree, he inspects its fruit. It's out of season, but fig trees are supposed to have a bud on them before they begin to harvest and bear fruit, that indicates how much fruit it will produce. And Jesus sees that this fig tree is barren. It is unproductive. It is consuming. It's consuming out of the soil it's been living in, taking the nutrients from the ground, taking the rain from the uh, atmosphere, taking the sunlight into it, taking the air and atmosphere all around it. It's consuming for life. It's living, but it's producing nothing. And Jesus curses the tree for consuming and not producing. And he says this in Matthew 7, verse 19, Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus by their fruit he will recognize, by the fruit he'll know them. It's by our fruit we will be known. And so what kind of fruit do you expect to get from a fig tree? Anybody? (laughs) figs so fruit is the product of one's own nature the nature of a fig tree should produce figs and so there's something about this being true that you will know them you will know the nature of them you will know what kind of people they are by the fruit They produce. Fruit is a byproduct of one's nature. And so to be unproductive and produce no fruit at all, Jesus says, it is not going to live. It shall die. Do you know that we're going to be judged according to what we produce? The Bema seat of the Lord Jesus Christ, the judgment seat of Christ, is not a judgment concerning your salvation. It's a judgment concerning how much you've produced. The book of Revelation, when Jesus is speaking to the seven churches, he says to each one of them, I know your works and what you are producing, and I have this against you, or I commend you for that. It is a judgment of the works. Revelations 2 and 3 is a precursor to the Bema Seed. It's a revelation of what our judgment will be like. What did you do with what I invested in you? What is productive in you? What are you producing? And so we're to be producers. 
Now remember, consumers become slaves to self, slaves to their lusts. They feed themselves, they satisfy themselves, they secure themselves. They are constantly consuming, not producing like this fig tree. You and I were lost in sin. You and I were self-motivated, self-centered, self-concerned, and all we did was to consume because we are under a spirit of death. And then we got saved gloriously. Life came into us. But many of us have brought the consumer mentality into our Christianity and we've not begun to produce the fruit of a new nature. And God wants us to. And God's desire is of this. It's a life in us that cannot be stopped. It has power to produce and produce the very nature of God. The flesh cannot be satisfied. So what is fruit? Let's take a little quiz here. What's the fruit of an apple tree? So the byproduct of the nature of an apple tree should produce what? Apples. So the apple is the glory of an apple tree. For the glory is the purpose of one's nature. So the glory of muskrats is to produce muskrats. You're quick. The glory of a bird is to produce birds. And when they produce birds, what do birds do? Fly. The glory of an apple tree is an apple. It is the fruit. It's the byproduct of its nature. And when one's nature comes into full maturity, its glory is displayed. And so the fig tree was to gloriously display its nature, and it did not. So, understanding that fruit produces glory and the purpose, you have Jesus put in you, and therefore, what is the hope of your glory. Jesus manifest in us. Manifest in us. Now, let's understand something and get something straight. The Holy Spirit is what has been invested in us. The Father, the vineyardman, the husbandman, the Father sent the Son, and the Son came to eradicate sin. And by His death on the cross, we die in Him. And He takes us out of Adam through the death by faith on the cross. The old man is what? Crucified. We're taken out of Adam and miraculously by faith we're put into whom? Jesus Christ. And in Christ, our sins are washed away. We're given the gift of righteousness so that the Holy Spirit can now come into us and give us a new nature. We're no longer going to produce out of the old nature. We're going to now produce in the nature of Christ through His Holy Spirit. What is the nature of God's Spirit? Let's think about this. What is it? Holiness. Holiness. Holy Spirit. That's not His name. Say this a lot. You've heard this sermon before. I'm going to repeat it till I'm dead. As long as you're around me, you'll hear it. 
The Holy Spirit. Holy's not his first name. Spirit's not his last name. He is a spirit. You know what I love about the spirit? You cannot conform him to an image or a shape. If we could, we'd box him, we'd indicate him, we'd paint his face. We'd make him something. We'd say he's always like this. But Jesus said, you don't know where he blows, when he comes, where he goes. You can only see his effect. Because the church would try to conform him to some image. He is a spirit. But what is the nature of the spirit? The nature is holiness. And so I want you to do, and I instruct all my students to do this. It's based on Romans chapter 1. Paul inverts the name Holy Spirit to call him the Spirit of Holiness. So I would like that to become part of your prayer language, prayer uh, uh, vocabulary. Whenever you talk about the Holy Spirit, would you please talk about the Spirit of Holiness? It's one thing in your mind to, to, to develop this concept. How many of you have the Holy Spirit? Amen. Say, I have the Holy Spirit. Okay, now in your mind that identifies the person. But now say it like this, I have the Spirit of Holiness. Did it feel different? It's no longer a theological sense that the Spirit of God's in me. It is now a reality that I have holiness. I have the Spirit of holiness, right? So, if the new nature is a Spirit of holiness in you, it should produce a byproduct or a glory. That glory would be what? Holiness. Now, if an apple is the fruit of an apple tree, then what would be the fruit of the spirit of holiness? Oh, say it again. One more time. Holiness. Holiness is the fruit. Holiness is the byproduct of the nature of God in you. It's in you. It's been birthed in you. It's given in you. You are the righteousness of God. You have the holiness of God. His nature dwells within us. Now, if we could just define holiness, how do we define holiness? That's simple. The length of your hair, what you cover on your body, how you talk with your mouth, And you make sure you don't smoke, drink, dance, or go to the movies. Is that holiness? Historically in the church it is. If we could just have some place, somewhere, a list, a definition, an understanding of what holiness is. Where could we find something that tells us the byproduct or the fruit of holiness. What's that? Some of you have been in this church for a while. Good, because there's new folks here who haven't heard this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Turn there, please. Galatians 5, 22. And Paul tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. Now, we've all read this a million times. Oh, the fruit of the Spirit. But have you ever realized that it is the byproduct and what we're supposed to be producing? 
You see, because the fruit of the Spirit, again, the fruit of an apple tree is what? The fruit of a fig tree is what? The fruit of the Spirit of holiness is holiness. So this is what defines holiness. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Why does that define holiness? That is the nature of God. God's nature is the spirit of holiness. His nature is holy. It is completely other than the created universe, mankind, anything physical, anything spiritual. It is outside of every realm of creation. It is His own nature and virtue. The nature of God is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, imperfection. That's holiness. And so if that's holiness, and the spirit of holiness is in us, What should we be producing? Holiness. And holiness looks like that. Instead of our modesty and our behavior as opposed to what we don't do. I remember when I came into a Pentecostal church. I grew up in a Presbyterian church. And when I got into the Pentecostal church... They said, you can't smoke, drink, eat. Uh, well, you can eat. can uh, smoke, drink, dance, or go to the movies. And I thought, that's what Presbyterians do for entertainment. You should have seen our coffee hour. You couldn't get through without it. <laughs> Good people. But they didn't measure their holiness by what they didn't do. And we got that way. We became so that we would tell you what not to do. Did you know that how we characterize and understand holiness? It's so funny that we're so geared towards consumerism. When I say love, joy, peace, patience, and list the fruit of the Spirit, how many of you say, I want that? Yeah, well, that's a consumer mentality. You already have it. Completely. We get into this mode, it's like, I want that, and I want that. I could use more of that, and I can have more of that. It's yours. You want more of it? Produce it. It's in you by your new nature. It's here. The only reason it's not being produced is because you're not paying attention to the nature that's in you, which is holy. We're paying more attention to the consumer mentality of I got to get that and I want that. I find it fascinating that American Christianity has more Bibles than any other country, has more Christian uh, literature, more Christian music, more Christian radio, more Christian movies, more Christian podcasts, more Christian paintings, more Christian pens, more Christian specialty Bibles, more Christian t-shirts, more Christian bumper stickers. We consume so much Christian stuff. But what is the American Christian's byproduct? Religion. You're right, Mike. It's consumerism. We consume. We consume. We consume all this Jesus stuff. But what are we producing? Are we producing holiness? We have different denominations that are called holiness denominations. How can you tell? 
by the way they dress and what they don't do. That is not producing holiness. Did you know that by not sinning, you're not producing holiness? You're just not sinning. You might say, I've never committed any sexual sins. Therefore, I'm holy. There's a lot of Buddhist monks that have never committed sexual sins. Are they holy? Well, they seem to live a very holy life. No, they don't. Because there is only one source for holiness to a holy God. It is not your behavior. It is by His Spirit's nature in you. You can live an ascetic life. You can live to where you don't do any sin. Maybe you live on a mountaintop. You don't gossip. You don't slander. You don't cheat. You don't steal. You don't smoke. You don't corrupt your body. You don't do drugs. You don't uh, do sexual things. You don't, you're not perverted. You not do any of this. You don't watch pornography. You don't do this. You don't do that. Woo! Woo! They must be holy. No, they're not. They're sinners formed in Adam. No matter what tribe or religion or group they belong to, unless they have God's Spirit in them, they're unsaved and therefore they are sinners. The only people who are holy on planet earth are those who have the spirit of holiness in them. Now, what is really crazy is you can have the spirit of holiness in you and still continue to sin. That is a contradiction to your nature. And I'm tired of the sloppy grace of those in Christianity that say, hey, I'm covered, I'm good, I'm going to heaven, now I just live out the way I want to. That is such a contradiction. Or those who measure, what sin can I get away with? How much sin can I have in my life without having God take His Spirit away from me? That is a contradiction to the new nature that is within you. Anybody that is born of the Spirit of holiness should with all their heart, mind, soul, and body have such a regret and, and, a, and, a, and a desire to not sin. Because your nature is what? Holiness. And it's not a matter of, I'm going to put away sin so that I'm a good boy and girl. It's because I have the nature of God's love. That I love Him so much, I don't want to do that anymore. It hurts the one I love. For the very nature of God is what drives you away from sin. He's my joy. That's not my joy anymore. He's my peace. That's not my peace anymore. Sin's not my peace. The addiction's not my peace. He is. And so out of the very fruit of His holiness, I crave holiness. So the fruit of the Spirit, we're not supposed to be consuming it, wanting it more. We're supposed to be producing it. That's what the seed and fruit is. You're the seed of God's holiness, and so it's to be producing in you the very nature of God. Christ in you. The expectation of fruitfulness. The expectation of glory. Colossians 2.21 says this. Paul says this. 
Do not handle, do not touch, do not taste. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. And this is what the American church has done. We've said if we wall off, if we stop doing all these sinful things, we'll be holy. That's not what holiness is. Of course you should stop all those things. But you don't stop them to become holy. You stop them because you are holy. And the holiness of God's nature, which is love, which is joy, which is peace, with His goodness, its gentleness, its self-control, by that nature and living out of it, what do I want this junk for? As I put it like Paul, it's dung. I have to say dung so I don't offend anybody. Can I go to crap? Is that okay? I'll stop there. (laughs) But I mean, what do you think he's, what Paul's saying? What is Paul trying to get at? It's refuse. Why would I, with the nature of God's holiness, want to partake of that stuff anymore? Do you see the consumer mentality when when Christians say, well, uh, what can I get away with in sin? Such a contradiction of nature. And how many of us are living a contradiction of the nature of holiness right now? Can I call that out? Because I want to call it out in your life because I don't want you to mess around in the garbage anymore. You have a nature in you that is ready to produce. And, And here's the astounding and the amazing thing in all of this. There is only one people on this planet that bear the fruit of God's holiness. It is you, Christian. Every human heart craves holiness, but they don't know it. Did you know that every sinner in this world, no matter what mix and race and type and religion they've grown up in, Every human being on this planet that has ever lived has craved the holiness of God. What do I mean? Every human heart longs for love. Long for love, and they don't know how to get it. They don't know how to find love. How many of you remember that old country song, looking for love in all the wrong places? Right? I think that's got to be the 70s. Right? They're looking for love. They spend money on sex. They spend money on prostitutes. They, they, they try to find some place where someone will love them, someone care for them, because they're craving love, which is the essence of God's nature. They want joy. Do you know how much money we spend on comedians? We spend on funny movies? Because people want to have joy, but they laugh for a minute, but it's gone. But God's own nature of joy never dissipates. It's here. It's in you. You own it. You have it. You can produce it. How many are looking for peace? They can't find peace. They find it in a bottle. They got to smoke it. They got to shoot it. They got to snort it because they can't handle life. They're hungry. They're craving holiness. They want self-control. They want holiness. They want peace. They want someone that's good. Something good. Everything in this world is rotten. You can't trust anyone. If someone would be good, pure good, and every human heart longs for it, and what they don't realize is this is the nature of God Himself. This is holiness. 
And there's only one people that are dispensers of this holiness. It's the church. But what do we give out? Condemnation. Rejection. My God. The only hope for mankind is us. Bearing the fruit of God himself. But instead of bearing the fruit, we buy three more Christian CDs and seven Christian books to find out the basic principles of how to live a holy life. Throw all the books out! And get in your prayer closet and begin to produce love and begin to produce joy and begin to produce peace. If the church was producing the very fruit of God's own nature, we'd have to have seven services on Sunday. People would be busting into this place. I need this love you talk about. Where is it? Where is it? I saw the way you people treat each other. It is amazing. You're closer than brothers and sisters. You love. You have such patience. You have such gentleness. You have such goodness. You don't close me off. You invite me in. Do you see the nature of God's own fruit? God's own nature. And we have it. And we're to be producing it. You don't need more of it. You need to begin producing it. And that's how you experience it. That's awesome. I want to share with you a story. I've told it a hundred times because it impacted me so in my young life. I'm old now. But I remember listening to the testimony of James Robeson. What a powerful, powerful man of God. James Robeson was a Baptist evangelist. He had an amazing ministry, spoke to thousands. He got into the political realm and he was speaking, uh, what was that uh, group, uh, uh, the silent majority, you know, the Falwell thing and all that. And, and he spoke everywhere. He, he was on top of the Christian world as far as fame. He was a Christian star in evangelism, preaching all over the world. And he became despondent and depressed. He was this close to committing suicide. So miserable with his evangelical preaching and life and ministry. Till God busted into his life with the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit flooded his soul he began to pray in tongues and speak out and filled with the spirit of god it released him from religion and poured into him the very holy nature of god himself and he tells this story of how he began to hear the voice of god and the holiness of god directing his paths wherever he went he began to produce life instead of consume his fame He began to produce the very nature of God. And it says the Holy Spirit began to tell him when to play with his children. I've got an appointment. And the Holy Spirit would tell him, your son needs you right now. Go play games with him. And he would go activated by the prompting of God's own holiness and God's own nature to play. His time now was set aside for God's time always. 
And he tells the story of when he went to a fast food restaurant and he's getting used to having this nature of God's holiness in him and he's standing in line. There's a long line and, and uh, it, it's not fast at all. We've got to get rid of that name. That doesn't work anymore. In fact, I went to KFC last night and I, I went in, inside the store because the, the drive through was so long. It's faster to go in instead of in the car. Not really. It's fast nowhere. <laughs> Anyways, James Robeson's standing in line and he's beginning to get irritated because it's taking so long and he's looking and he's saying, oh, pfft. This girl at the counter who's confused, she's mixed up, she's got the order wrong, she's got her ringing it up wrong, she's, she's obviously not equipped to be doing what she's doing, and it's frustrating, and people are getting mad, and of course they turn around and everybody likes to make the jabs and the comments. You think they could get a few more uh, registers open, huh? Look at how slow these people are. She doesn't know what she's doing. Why can't they get someone who's a little smarter than her? looking at her and he's just as frustrated and just as mad and the consumer mentality of I should get my food fast and get out of here. Serve me. And God began to speak to him. And he said, James, James, look at that young woman. He said, yeah. He said, look at her hair. He goes, it's pretty greasy. He said, look at the girls around her. Their hair's all curled and primped. He said, look at her eye makeup. He said, she doesn't have any eye makeup. Right. Look at her face. She had pimples and scars. The other girls were all prim and prepped, and, and the young men next to him working the fry station were giggling and laughing and cracking up, and she's isolated and just trying to do her job, and she can't get it done. And all of a sudden, the compassion of God came on him. It was a holy moment. He began to produce the very nature of God in him. He was moved, as it says, Jesus was moved with compassion. That's the nature of God. His patience began to well up. His goodness began to speak. Love and joy began to flood his soul. So that when he got to the front of the line with that girl, she was near tears and saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I, what can I do for your order? I'm so sorry. And he said, I grabbed her hand and he said, honey, it's all right. You take your time with me. He said, I want you to know something. God loves you and you are beautiful to him. You take your time. And he began to produce the very nature of God out of his mouth. He began to speak love and he began to speak peace, the very fruit of God's own nature. He spoke to her and he said, it's going to be all right. You're going to get used to this. You're going to get better at it. I can tell. You're sharp. You're going to get this. No, I'm not. I can't do this. I just think I'm going to quit. No, don't give up. I've had hard days too. You wouldn't believe what I've been through. He said, I want you to know God's got his hand on your life. That's what my grandma tells me. He said, that's right. And you see, he began producing the nature of God himself. This is Christianity. This is holiness. It's not what you abstain from. It's what you produce. 
The abstaining is easy. The producing is easy. It's leaning into the very nature, the very nature of God himself. Produce holiness and the fruit of God's own nature. Whoever seeks to preserve his life, that's a consumer, you'll lose it. But whoever loses his life, in other words, you live for him, you'll find it, you'll keep it, you'll gain it. It's better to give than to receive. And the principle is this, that if you would give out of the spirit of God's own holiness, that nature of patience, that nature of faithfulness, that nature of goodness, and you put death to that old consumer, you will begin to produce the very fruit of God. And guess what? When the fruit is ripe, people come around the tree and they want what we have. Oh, if we would start a revolution in this church of bearing the fruit of God's holy nature. Can you produce love? Can you, by God's Spirit in you, produce love? Do you know His love? Then you can give His love. Do you know joy? Do you know His joy? But pastor, you don't know what I've been through. It's not you. It's Him. Can you produce His joy? Through His promises, through His words, that will become your strength. Can you produce His peace? This is holiness. I want to be holy. I can't wait. I want to live a holy life. I want to be holy. Come on, I, I want to give out gentleness. I want to give out kindness. I, how many of you want to be holy? When you realize what holiness is, I want to be holy. I want to be like my father. I want to be like my brother Jesus. I'm led by the Spirit, and this is holiness. This is what we're giving the world now. We're not giving them religion anymore. Please put it away. Get rid of your religion. Begin to produce holiness. It is so other than the world. Other Christians are going to freak out by you. Why are you so patient? Why are you so kind? Why are you so loving? What happened to you? Did you win the lottery? No, I got something better than money. I got him. He's my source. He's my source. And holiness flows out of me. I'll hold the door for you. I'll push your car down the street. I'll dig you out of the snow. I'll interrupt anything I'm doing to serve you because holiness comes out of me. I can't help it. I got fruit everywhere. Grapes are falling all over the ground. I squish because I'm stepping on them. You've got so much holiness in you, people are going to be in awe. You've got so much laughter. Can laughter be holy? It's joy. You've got so much peace, so much kindness, so much goodness. You're true. This is the nature of God. And if the church would find holiness and understand what it is, it would turn this world upside down. Bow your heads with me.